Hey, I'm Jesse. Let's have a devotion. The name Simeon comes up a few times in Scripture. There's a man named Simeon who greets baby Jesus, and it's an incredible story of legacy and patience. God told him he would get to see the Messiah one day, and he waited like his whole life shortly before he died to get, get to meet baby Jesus. But the original Simeon was the second-born son of Jacob, and this guy was not so nice. He was quite violent. He would be complicit in selling his brother Joseph into slavery, and when his sister Dinah was raped and defiled by Shechem, Simeon would take vengeance into his own hands to great negative effect. Here is today's text in Joshua 19. We'll see what the tribe of Simeon gets, and it's not much. In fact, they don't even really get their own plot of land. In fact, it's really just a bunch of cities, and those cities are all in the territory of Judah. Here's Joshua 19, 1 through 9. We'll look at this, and then I'll show you why. And then we'll see how there is an eternal redemption for the name of Simeon and Simeon's legacy. Remember that God's discipline upon us lasts only for our time here on earth. Joshua 19, the second lot came out for Simeon, for the tribe of his descendants by their clans, but their inheritance was within the inheritance given to Judah's descendants. Their inheritance included Beersheba, or Sheba, Moladah, Hazar Shual, Bela, Ezem, Eltalad, Bethuel, Horma, Ziklag, Beth Markaboth, Hazar Susa, Beth Leboath, and Sharhuhin. Thirteen cities with their settlements. Ain, Ramon, Ether, and Ashan, four cities with their settlements, and all the settlements surrounding these cities as far as Be'elath, Beir, Ramah in the south. This was the inheritance of the tribe of Simeon's descendants by their clans. The inheritance of Simeon's descendants was within the territory of Judah's descendants because the share for Judah's descendants was too large. So Simeon's descendants received an inheritance within Judah's portion. Here's where all this happens on the map. Here's the northern portion. All of this is allocated to Judah, and then Simeon is cradled within the allocation for Judah. Now, here's why. Let's go back to the original Simeon for whom this tribe is named, one of the sons of Jacob. So in Genesis 34, we see this story where, where Dinah has been defiled. And the men who had defiled her had undergone circumcision. And so while they are recuperating, Genesis 34, 25 says, On the third day when they were still in pain, two of Jacob's sons, Simeon and Levi, Dinah's brothers, took their swords and went into the unsuspecting city and killed every male. They took Hamor and his son Shechem with their swords, took Dinah from Shechem's house, and went away. Jacob's sons came to the slaughter and plundered the city because their sister had been defiled. They took their flocks, herds, and donkeys, and whatever was in the city and in the field. They captured all their possessions, dependents, and wives, and plundered everything in the houses. Then Jacob said to Simeon and Levi, interesting too, because Levi is actually the namesake for the future priests. Simeon, not so much. You have brought trouble on me, making me odious to the inhabitants of the land, the Canaanites and the Perizzites. Okay, those are, these guys are all conquered now in the book of Joshua, but you can see how some of that enmity began right here because of the original Simeon. We are few in number. If they unite against me and attack me, and my household, uh, I and my household will be destroyed. But they answered, should he treat our sister like a prostitute? 
You can see what was happening. I mean, you can't blame Simeon for being absolutely outraged. And you can understand that vengeful unction. However, vengeance belongs to the Lord. It is his. And when we take retributive justice into our own hands, we always botch it because we are flawed judges, whereas God is the perfect judge. We can understand Simeon's motives, but this wasn't the only offense, as it were, for Simeon. He would also be the one who was temporarily jailed when Joseph, now the vizier over Egypt, meets with his brothers who formerly sold him into slavery. That includes Simeon. Simeon was also party to deceiving Jacob and to try to convince him that Joseph was actually dead. Simeon didn't have the greatest legacy ever. And you can see that part of the reason for that, um, part of the reason for the small inheritance is because of the legacy of Simeon in general. It's contained within Judah. In Genesis 49, Verses 5 through 7, Simeon and Levi are brothers. Their knives are vicious weapons. May I never enter their council. May I never join their assembly. For in their anger they kill men, and on a whim they hamstring oxen. Their anger is cursed, for it is strong, and their fury, for it is cruel. I will disperse them throughout Jacob and scatter them throughout Israel. Here it is prophesied in Genesis 49, and here it is fulfilled now in the book of Joshua. This, this is the legacy of Simeon, and 1 Peter 3.9 gives us a New Testament iteration of something that's taught in Genesis, from the, the first from the, uh, the, the murder of Abel, and then reiterated in the Psalms, and uh, now taught in the New Testament in 1 Peter 3.9. We're not to pay back evil for evil or insult for insult, but on the contrary, giving a blessing, since you were called for this, so that you may inherit a blessing. Simeon paid back rape with mass slaughter and plunder, and he inherited less of a blessing. But God's not done, even with the legacy of Simeon. In the book of Revelation, you can see the tribes listed out as the promised land, you know, was divided in Joshua according to the sons of Jacob. And there's a list in Revelation, and it differs slightly from this list that we've seen before. You'd think that, okay, if, if some of these tribal allocations are going to be removed from the prophesied list in Revelation, maybe Simeon's going to be one of them. Here's Revelation 7, 7, and there it is, 12,000 from the tribe of Simeon. So God's not done with the tribe of Simeon. We've seen in a previous devotion how our legacies may lead to blessings for people who are before us, and we may righteously suffer maintaining faith all the while and not really reap the benefits this side of heaven for them. But there's also a converse to this kind of testimony, and that even someone whose life was marked by violence and vengeance and taking up the sword, giving poor counsel, being deceptive, lying, he can even become the namesake for a revival and revelation and a piece of the promised land. There are 12 gates on the heavenly city, one for each tribe, and one of those is named Simeon. So while we've seen how even our suffering can one day give rise to a legacy of blessing from the Lord, perhaps not for us, but even for future generations, also, God can use absolutely anyone that he wants. So in either scenario, let us be humble 
Let's also be gracious to those who stumble. And let's look at people like Simeon the way that God does. Because absolutely no one is beyond the redemptive capacity of the gospel to save, to be used, and to act as the namesake. Because God is the one who saves, God is the one who is righteous anyway. Be prepared. If you've been a little bit like Simeon, you're not beyond usage by God.